Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. So this week we close out with the final installment of the re-series that we're talking about the word remain. Everybody say remain. Amen. God wants us to remain. Remain. Are you sometimes or often go through or have bouts with being a loving, maybe bouts of being depressed? Maybe sometimes you have bouts of being worried or impatient. Sometimes you get irritated, you could be rude. <laughs> Maybe sometimes you just feel downright sinful. Man, you just say what comes to your mind, just do whatever you want to do. Don't care what God says. Maybe it's times that you feel kind of harsh. Maybe you're harsh in your tone, harsh in your response. Maybe sometimes you are unfaithful. Amen. I just talk about it in the term of marriage, but just not being dedicated, not being, not giving your best, knowing that you can do better, but you choose not to. And maybe times you might feel self-indulgent, self-indulgent, amen? I talked about my weakness with my sweets, amen? Just self-indulgent, amen? How many can say, Pastor, if I'm honest with myself, one of those things I, I've, I've dealt with, I raise of hand. Come on. Amen. Thank y'all for your honesty. No one's going to hell today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't want lightning to go, you're lying. Amen. But we as Christians, we often deal with being unloving at times, depressed. Amen. Worried. Amen. I was worried yesterday about the weather for the Hackensack Street Festival. My wife's like, relax. Just chill. Just chill. Man, just relax. Sometimes we're impatient. Come on, hurry up. Get it now. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. We're running late. Let's go. Let's go. Impatient. Sometimes we'll be rude. Just say what we want to say. And so there are times that we deal with these things, sinful, harsh, and faithful, and, and, and self-indulgent. And these actions and these deeds that, that come from us can cause us at times, amen, not to live or to be the Christian or the believer that God has called us to be. Because we know that if we're saying we're Christians and we gave the, the, the explanation that a Christian is someone who's acting like Christ, we know Christ was not unloving. We know Christ was not just, wasn't depressed or worried or impatient or rude or sinful or harsh or unfaithful and self-indulgent. As a matter of fact, Christ was the opposite of those things. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That sounds like the completely opposite of the other words I just mentioned. For us to remain connected to Christ, we have to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. That doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't have setbacks. Doesn't mean that we don't go through our moments of depression or sadness. But as we remain connected to Christ, those areas in which we struggle 
to be transformed. There's no way that we can call ourselves Christians or followers of Christ and not take on his likeness. It's almost like if, when I was growing up, my mother would say, we'll walk, we'll walk, we'll walk through the courtyard and, and, and go home. She was like, go hang out with those boys over there. I'm like, mom, they're just my friends. They're from school. Go hang out with them. I don't want you to hang out with them after school. Because they are bad crap. And she knew that if I hung out with the bad crowd, what was going to happen to me? I was going to become bad myself. I was going to, what, what? Bad company corrupts good character? Ah. So if I associate myself with something, after a while I take on his likeness. You heard, this, you, heard, you, heard the, you heard the terminology, you are what you eat. Amen? What I take in is what I become. But if I have a relationship with God, I take on his likeness. Because what I take of him through the Holy Spirit comes out and is flushed out through me. And so in order for us to Deal with the concept of being unloving, depressed, worried, impatient, rude, sinful, harsh, and faithful, and self-indulgent. We must ask God to help us in those areas. The scripture says in John chapter 15, verse 4 to 5, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. How many times are you going to say remain? <laughs> he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he would bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we know the Bible, the original text, amen, but the New Testament is Greek. And so, like I said last week, many times we find that the English language is it, it, it does, it's not exhaustive. It doesn't have sometimes a full meaning of what the author was actually saying in the original text of the Bible in which it was written, which is Greek in this case. When we look at the, when we look at the word remain, that word remain is the Greek word mene, mene. And that word means to stay, to abide, to dwell, to remain. Christ is saying, I want you to stay. I want you to abide here. I want you to dwell here. In other words, not to move from this place. If we're going to remain today, amen, we have to stay connected to God. We have to stay connected to Christ. We have to stay connected to the life giver. Now, the great thing about God is that he doesn't ask us to do things, amen, that he's not willing to do himself. Jesus Christ was the ultimate example for us. He lived a perfect life on earth, amen, he lived a life that was sinless, that was blameless. He showed us how to pray. He showed us how to live. He showed us how to do life the way he predestined for us to do it. And the great thing about God is that he's not some mean, big, old guy sitting on a throne with a big white beard pointing his finger at you and going, no, 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 shame, 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 don't, 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 no, 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 no. That's not God. The God that we serve, he's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's, he's a kind God. He's a gracious God. And that's the type of God that we serve. That's the type of God that we want to know. He has your best interests at heart. What God tells us not to do certain things, it's not because he's trying to be mean, he's trying to spoil the party. 
He's doing it because he said, I have your best interest at heart. You cannot be the best that you're going to be without God. You need him. You need God. Oh, I don't need no God, Pastor. I'm all right. right. You'll be all right, but I want you to be great. Some of you say, I'm good. I'm good. No, no, no. You're not. But sometimes good can be the enemy to great. God wants you to be great. He wants to bring out greatness in you, but you don't have to discover what he put in you until you hook up to him. Some of you are hooked up to the wrong source this morning. And God is, God is challenging you to say, you need to plug yourself to certain things. You're remaining, but you're remaining in doubt. You're remaining in fear. You're remaining in impatience. You're remaining, you're remaining in rudeness. You're remaining in everything anti-God. No, Pastor, that's not me. If we were to search our hearts, and I know the Holy Spirit is speaking this morning, we will all discover that there are things that we are dealing with within our hearts this morning. He said, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Now, there's a great thing about God because God is a promise keeper. Now, see, we can make promises to each other, you know, I promise to love you. I promise to be with you. Never to leave you. Yeah, I promise. And then men, as men and women, we break promises. Come on now. Marriages fall apart because a promise was broken. Best friends fall apart because a promise was broken. Amen. Family members don't talk to each other anymore because a promise was broken. We didn't get the promotion that we was promised, so we leave the company because a promise was broken. But God is a promise keeper. God has promises for those who remain in him. So I want to talk a few moments today about the blessings of remaining in God. Because we could say, well, going to church, I feel good, I feel better, it helps me get my week. But God, but there's more than that. It's more than just feeling good. I mean, you feel good right now. You feel good, amen. In God's house, in his presence, woo! That's why I come to church, Amen. But it's more than just feeling good. Amen. There's more, there's more benefits to the package of serving him. Promises for those who remain in Christ. One, you would bear spiritual fruit. Spiritual fruit. Spiritual fruit. What is spiritual fruit? We just read it. He said, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know many times when I was going for church and I could hear my bishop preach on the fruit of the Spirit, it's like the church would just be dead and dry that Sunday. Because everybody said, well, pastor, bishop, yeah, we all dealing with that, so that's, that's nice. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay. When you talk about God going to bless me, he'll give me a million dollars, then we're going to be shouting, speaking in tongues, running around the church, right? Praise the Lord. You know, can you be like, Oprah, and it's a car for you, and a car for you, and one for you. That, that's but we do about the fruit of the Spirit is dealing with our character. See, the character, amen, is the part of you that you really don't always see. See, it's almost like an iceberg. You know, we see the little tip of the iceberg. We think, oh, that's just a small piece of ice. And then we look under the water. We're like, whoa, that thing is huge. Your character is the part of the iceberg that's under the, that's under the water. And the tip of that iceberg is just your personality. See, God sees what others can't see. And he's saying, if you're going to plug into me, if you're going to remain in me, 
then you're going to bear the fruit to show that you've been with me. Amen? Come on, ladies. You know, we talk to your friends. Like, girl, why are, you, why are you so happy? Why are you smiling? Well, you know, Tyrone came and he took me out. Like, girl, you just glowing. Look at you. I know he just makes you so ha- happy. And you just know, you just know something different about your girlfriend because she just looked different. It, you could tell she's been with something. She's been with Tyrone. That's that song? Okay. But people should know that you've been with Jesus. There's something different about you. You're glowing, girl. What's going on with you? Well, you know, I got a new man in my life. You got a new man in your life. Girl, what's his name, Jesus? What you mean? What can Jesus do? Well, girl, he woke me up this morning, girl. Girl, I, girl, I was about to lose my mind. And I just began to talk to him. And he talked to me. He said that he loved me. And he just made me feel so good inside. I mean, that's just that type of man that I just need in my life, girl. Falling in love with Jesus. Okay. Come on. People have to know that you've been with him. Come on. It should show. There should be something different about you. You are unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you are remaining in him, you're dwelling, you're you're stayed put, you're not moving. I love what the scripture says in Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell means I'm chilling there. I pitched the tent. I ain't going nowhere. I'm here for the long haul. Are you dwelling with him? Are you remaining with him? Are you staying connected to Christ? Because if you don't stay connected to Christ, you will not get the full benefits that he promised you. And he promised that you would bear spiritual fruit. Spiritual fruit such as love. We need love. God loves us unconditionally. Even when we mess up time and time again, God's love is deeper than your husband's love, than your wife's love, than your boo love, than your mama's love. But the Bible says mama and mother and father will forsake you, but he will never forsake you. You do wrong to somebody a hundred times and see if you still have a friend there. You cheat on your wife one time and see if you still have a wife when you get home. But the Bible says there's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. And his name is God. His name is Jesus. And so he'll be there with you even when you mess up. Now that doesn't give us, that doesn't give us the excuse to continue to mess up. Well, God's going to forgive me anyway, so let me just go up to my party. Up. No. That don't give you the, give you the right to be tipping. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you tipping out each other's house and apartments this morning, come to church. Praise the Lord. Did I go there? I'm behaving myself. But love. He wants to give you love. He wants to give you joy. Amen. The old mothers in church would say, joy unspeakable and full of glory. We said, because I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Amen. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, yeah, this joy that I had. The world didn't give it to me, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, the world didn't give it and Well, I'm done. okay. So, we got joy. He promised that he would give us joy. Now, joy and happiness are not the, are not the same thing. 
Happiness is defined by what happens. So I could have been happy coming to church this morning, but someone cut me off on the road. I ain't happy no more about that. My happiness is going out the window. But joy is something that is constant. It's something that remains. It's something that's not dictated by what happens on the outside. Or hell can break loose and you can still have joy. It's something that comes from the heart. It's something that comes from having a relationship with Jesus. Where everybody else is losing their mind, committing suicide and doing crazy stuff and drinking and getting high and smoking cigarettes. You just calm and collected and then wonder, what is wrong with you? He said, ain't nothing wrong with me, something wrong with you. Because I got joy on the inside of me. Joy would keep you grounded. Joy would keep you from losing your mind. Come on now. Some of you need a drink of joy this morning. Come on, stop drinking for local and drink Jesus. Leave the Jesus juice alone and drink joy. Come on. You need joy in your life. Amen. Peace. Now, come on, peace is a powerful thing. Come on now. It's nothing like having a peace of mind and being at peace with God. Then, Lord, whatever happens, happens. I'm at peace. Because some of you can't even sleep at night. You be honest, some of you still sleep with the nightlight on. Oh, I wouldn't say yes, I did. Come on. You ever be at home by yourself? Come on. Yeri creeping bump. Jesus, is that you? You got no peace. Come on. The Bible says Christ is the Prince of Peace. Come on. Jesus is a peacemaker. That means wherever there's not peace, he'll make some. Come on. Peace. The peace of God that surpasses understanding. In other words, this is a peace that you don't even understand why you got it in the first place. Have you ever been in a situation and everybody else is getting frantic and everybody else is overwhelmed and they filled with trepidation? You just calm. You just said, your mind is not cluttered. Everybody think about this can happen and that can happen and this can happen. And think about all the negative things that could go wrong and you just chill. You just calm. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. Everybody worrying they're going to cut your department down. And everybody's like, what are we going to do? I just got this. I just bought a house. I just had a baby. And how am I going to cover my kids? And he's like, look, God will provide. He's going to provide for me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging for bread. Come on. Come on. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. My wife and I went through a situation this summer with through budget cuts. Amen. Then cut her position. Amen. And I'm like, honey, I'm going to stress. We've been here before, about what, eight, nine years ago? And I said, I, ha- I have that resume we talked about with God. God brought me through that experience. So he's going to bring me through this one here today. And so I'm not worried about it. God is going to provide. And some of you, you forget what God has done. You better keep an account. That's why we sing the song, When I Think About the Lord. You better think about what he's done. Some of you made deals with God and you didn't keep your end of the bargain. God, if you get me up this one this time, I promise. And he got you out and you still ain't doing what you got to do. But I had peace. And God kept me through that. And now God provided a job for her and everything is fine. Because God will provide. Will you know your God? When you have a peace with your God, will you remain in Christ? No matter what happens, he will always see you through. 
I don't know how people live their lives without God. Because when they go through problems and troubles, where do they go to? They're trying to find it in sex, going to the club, having a drink, smoking a cigarette, getting high. Ain't nothing in that stuff. That stuff will only give you a momentary high. And you empty the next day. Say, man, I messed up. Ooh. Ooh, I got a hangover. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Can you just go in the bed with me? Oh, man. I messed up. Is my wife home yet? Oh, man. Go out through the back window. Go out through the back window. Oh, I know the curfew was at 12 o'clock, but just go out through the back door. I like you was, like you're delivering, man. You're delivering pizza or something. And we wonder why, why, why are we so empty? Because nothing can satisfy. Everybody has a void in their heart that only God can fill. You have a void inside. You try everything else. Money won't fill it. Come on, I know people making six figures and depressed. People work their whole life to acquire wealth, and then they're too sick to even enjoy because they killed themselves. Come on. Striving for a fading dream that's not even God's dream for your life. The dream has become a nightmare because it ain't God. You won't fulfill your true potential unless you remain in Christ. He loves you that much. Peace. Patience. Come on. Now, the thing I've learned about patience is this. The way God operates, you don't pray, God, give me patience. Okay? Because you know how God gives you patience? He puts you in places where you're about to lose your patience. So don't pray. Take it from pastor now. I'm trying to help you out now. Don't pray, Lord, give me patience. Because he's going to put you in a situation where you're about to lose your patience. Come on. If I was to count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations, knowing this, that the working of your faith, come on, produces patience. Come on. In other words, you're going to go through some stuff to get some patience in your life. Patience. Kindness. Kindness. Learning how to be kind. God is a kind-hearted God. He is a compassionate God. Goodness. Faithfulness. Being dedicated. Amen? Now, not just dedicated where people are looking, because that's the problem we have sometimes. We'll dedicate ourselves on a job to each other where we, being, where we, being, where we could be seen. But true faithfulness happens when you're not seen. Being dedicated. When you're not seeing, when no one is looking. Okay? Faithfulness. I, Pastor, what's faithfulness? Getting to work on time. Getting to class on time. Having proper time management. That's faithfulness. That's dedication. Being faithful to your spouse. Come on. Being dedicated. That's, that's faithfulness. Amen? Being at church. That's faithfulness. All these things are faithfulness. Being faithful with your giving, your tithing. Amen? 
that fake. God looks at those things. He said, wait, ain't no one seen but God, but you, that's the only person you need to see. That needs to see it. It's God. And if you're faithful in the private things, God will bless you publicly. He will do it. Yes, he will. And so God wants us to exemplify that faithfulness, that gentleness, and to be self-controlled. In other words, because some of us, we don't have self-control. Let someone just push that button. Ooh. Let someone just push that button. We're ready to just, just let it rip. Some of us, we be speaking some tongues. And I ain't talking about tongues from the Holy Ghost either. We be saying some bombs and dropping some letters and, amen, some French. We be speaking, what we used to say back in the day, April, excuse my French. Ain't no French. You're cussing. Self-control. These are the marks that show that you are a Christian. Not how loud you say hallelujah. Not how eloquent your prayers are. Not how beautiful your giftings are and your talents are. That stuff is nice. But the Bible says if, it, if you have not love, if you have not the fruit of the Spirit, all these different things are just making noise. It's nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. When you stand before God, the Bible says all of our works are going to be consumed in a fire anyway. And whatever remains will be the very thing that's going to stand forever. We don't want, all, we don't want to live a long life, die, stand before God, and God burns up everything we've done. Now, I'm, not every, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. We all go before God on the altar, right before him. He will consume it with his holy fire. Whatever is left, that's yours. That's, that's your treasure. That's what your life amounted out to. Whatever is blown away ain't going to stand. So we want to live a life here that's meaningful. Because some of the things we could be working for could be the things that blown away and won't stand. We want things that are going to remain. It will only remain while we remain in him, connected to him. So he wants us to bear spiritual fruit. Now here are... Five different ways. I'm going quickly and I'm closing. Here are five different ways to remain in Christ. Number one, I'm going quickly. Remain in God's word. We should read the word of God every day. The word of God is your spiritual medicine. You will not go without eating today. Some of you, before you got here, you were late getting here because you said, I got to eat my breakfast. You had your oatmeal. Went through the drive-thru, you got your cup of coffee. Do not not have your cup of coffee. Come on. The word of God is your spiritual food. You need your spiritual food every day. Some of us, we like to go to the buffets, because I know for me, I love, I love the buffets. Have a buffet in God's word. Come on, feast on the word of God. It will feed your soul. You know, I'll give, I'll, give you, I'll, give, I'll give you a little example. The best way to go about doing that, I, re, I, I go to the book of Psalms every morning, and I get a psalm. Because sometimes a psalm can say things that you can't say to God. And I just read it. I just, I just, I just, I just read the psalm. And I just meditate on that psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Come on. Come on, he, he, he leads me. Come on, beside the quiet strength. Come on, he restores my soul. I, I, I read the song. I will bless the Lord 
at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on. I, I, I meditate on the word of God because it lifts me up. Come on. You're not going to feel like, like praising God and praying every day. There are moments where you can step on what they said on the wrong side of the bed. Come on. And so you, you read the scripture. You read the word of God because it builds you up. It gives you the strength that you need. It helps you to remain in Christ. Number two, remain in Christian fellowship. No man is an island unto themselves. You cannot be an effective believer if you do not remain in Christian fellowship. One of the things that the enemy wants to do, the spirit, our spiritual enemy, the devil, wants to do is isolate us. He brings us to a place of isolation, then desolation, and then he wipes us out. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going there. You have no, no, no connection, no Christian friends. Don't pray with nobody. You're just by yourself. I'm telling you, you will not live the best life that God will have you to live if you do not stay in Christian fellowship. That is how you remain in Christ. Because there are times where you're too tired to go on. Pastor Edgar, come here. Brother Robert, you're walking down. Come here quickly. Stand on this side. There's time as a Christian when we walk together. Praise the Lord. When we walk together in Christian fellowship, we when I'm down and work has aggravated me, and as a matter of fact, I'm sick in my body. The doctor didn't give me a report, and I don't even know if God is real right now. I don't feel like praying. I, I, I don't feel like going out of bed, but yet I'm in Christian fellowship. They help me to keep rooted. They help me to keep grounded. That's the power why we come to church. That's the power why we call one another. That's the power why we build relationships because we can't do it by ourselves. Now, if I disconnect myself and I push them away and I go through, and some of you are looking like this today. You have no one to hold on, nothing to, to, to help you out, nothing to get you through because you have broken fellowship. You want to remain in Christ, remain in Christian fellowship. This book was never meant to be alone. Jesus had 12 disciples. And even out of those 12 disciples or apostles, he had three that was his closest friend. And even out of the three, he had one that was his best friend. He needed somebody. Come on. You need somebody. You cannot do it by yourself. Remain in, in Christian fellowship. Three, remain in consistent prayer. Or remain consistent in prayer. Your prayer life is your oxygen to your soul. You're breathing. Take a deep breath. One more time. Take a deep breath. Exhale. That's what prayer does for your soul. If you're not praying, you are suffocating. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is like a wind. He's described 
as a breath of fresh air, the ruach. That's the Hebrew word. It means the wind of God, the breath of God. When God created Adam and Eve, you read in, in Genesis 1, the Bible says he blew into man air, life, his spirit, and he became a living soul. Prayer is your oxygen. Remain consistent in prayer. This is a season when God is calling us as a body to remain in prayer. Because I believe there are things that are coming that have been designed to take us out. The Bible said in the last day, many will fall away from the faith. Why are they falling away from the faith? Because so many things are shaking believers that they've lost their footing. They have lost their fellowship. They have lost all sense of understanding what's going on. And they didn't forget about God. But if we make a sister in prayer, we'll understand, we'll hear, we'll see, we'll know, and we'll have faith. Four, remain amazed by God's creation. Don't think you're so much or you're so big and bad that you forget about God. God created you. You are his creation. Look at God's creation. Look at the sky. Look at the trees, the birds. Have you ever just stopped and just looked at nature? Look at nature. Look at God. Look at him. And you'll be blessed. And five, remain faithful in service. In other words, God will make all that investment in you for you to sit there and let it dry up and die. You should be giving out to other people. You should be serving in a church. You should be serving in a local way. You should be serving in some type of ministry that you can share what God has given you. Some of you have different gifts. Some of you don't even know what your gifts are. So come and discover. Ask Pastor, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. I hope you, know, I hope you find out what your gifts are. You got resources that will help you. Amen. But remain faithful in serving, in doing, in doing. Remain faithful in serving. Remain faithful in your serving God. Even when no one's looking, remain faithful in service. Sister Moniz, come here. Amen. Now, some of you know Sister Moniz. Some of you don't know Sister Moniz. Come here, love. Sister Moniz walked into our church. We were in Hackensack, 200 Central Avenue, on a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night. On a Saturday night, we, we, used to have, we used to have services on a Saturday. We called it Saturday Night Live. Y'all remember that? Amen. We used to party on a Saturday night for Jesus. Amen. And she walked in. Amen. And I didn't really know too much about her then. But she's been faithful. Watch her get married. Have a son. Amen. And just watch God just blossom her. This is a woman of God who has remained faithful in service and giving. As a matter of fact, she, she became my administrator for a number of years, and she's just been so faithful, and we praise God for her. Now, I'm sad to say that she relocated. Amen? And she's going back to Mississippi. Oh, Lord. And taking my godson with her. <laughs> but this has been a faithful woman of God. And I just want her to stand before you to give you an example of what faithfulness looks like. Now, you see 
biggest smile on her face. But this woman deals with tremendous pain in her body. I'm not trying to tell all her business. But she deals with tremendous pain in her body. Her joints swell. If anyone has the excuse to say, well, Pastor, I can't because I'm sick in my body. I can't because I'm in pain. I, I can't because, you know, I'm not feeling well today. Will be this individual here. But this one of God, for the last six years, has been faithful. I've seen the pain on her face when she's driving, when she's coming to the office, when she's carrying her son in one arm and bags in, in the other arm, and, and just being faithful to service. And I thank God for her because some of us, we don't have excuses. We don't have no excuses to get blown away. But this woman could have a great excuse to say, Pastor, I can't do this because of that. But she's been faithful. And I want to honor you. I just want you guys to give her applause for her faithfulness. Amen. And this week we have a little love gift we're going to give to you to sing you off the right way. She never got a paycheck from me, and I worked the long hours. And so we want to send her off the right way, and we thank God for her. She wasn't expected anything. But this is faithful service. This is what it's about. She's remained faithful. And as you go forth, God is going to bless you in this new season of your life. And you're going to have everything that you need. There will be no lack. And I'll provide for you and your family. And he's a faithful God. Amen? So you be encouraged that you remain faithful to him. And he'll continue to be faithful to you. We love you, Mimi. Hallelujah. Remain faithful. Remain in Christ today. Remain faithful. Remain, remain, remain. Stay, dwell, stand put. And the thing is, if you don't remain, the Bible is very clear about what begins to happen. John 15, 6 says it well. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away that begins to wither. See, the great thing about a tree, and my um, parents have some beautiful plants outside of their, 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 on their porch. And sometimes, if they don't water the plants after a while, the plants begin to wither and dry. And you almost think, man, that plant is dead. As a matter of fact, we should just, just throw this away because it's all dried up, it's withered up, it's gone. And some of you are like that plant. And people are saying, and you're probably looking in the mirror saying, you know what? It's over. It's done. It's all shriveled up. It's dead. It's dry. It's gone. They count you out. You're not going to be nothing. You made too many mistakes. You're down for the count. It's over. Over. It's done. But the great thing about the way God has created our plant life is that once you just add some water, once you just add some water, that every plant that looks dead and dry, and like it was just gone, all of a sudden just springs back to life. 
And the great thing about God is once you get plugged into him today, you will spring back to life just that quick. You just didn't get plugged in. But if you don't get plugged in, you will, the Bible says, you, you will you'll be thrown away. The branch is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. In other words, you become so consumed with everything else, you're not plugged in to the life giver anymore, to the source anymore, and you become wither up and you die, and the Bible says you're burned up. Now, there's so many different angles you can take that scripture. But I'm talking from the perspective of being consumed in all the problems and all the issues and don't have any answers to all the questions. But if you just plug into God and trust him, he will lead you today. So I'm here to encourage you today. Are you remaining in him? Do you want to produce the fruit that he has for you? The fruit of his spirit. That's the very thing that shows that you've been with him. That he's, he, he, he's in your heart today. It's not easy being a Christian, being a follower of Christ. But it's the best decision I ever made. He wants you to possess that spiritual power today. And you won't have it unless you remain in Christ today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Amen. Close your eyes. And I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, but he's faithful. What have you been dealing with? Have you ever gone through a time feeling unloved or being unloving, unfaithful, being depressed or overwhelmed, harsh, complacent, self-indulgent? That's the areas that's only unveiled between you and God today. But I'm here to tell you that God loves you today unconditionally. And he said, if you imbibe in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If you're saying, Pastor Arthur, I, I hear what you're saying this morning, and I realize there are some areas in my life that I have not been remaining in Christ. I have not been remaining um, in him. I have not been remaining in the word. I have not been in Christian fellowship. I have not been in consistent prayer. I have not been amazed by his creation. I ignored it, God's creation. Uh, um, I have not remained faithful in service. And I want to recommit myself to him today. I'm just going to ask you to stand now so I can pray for you. Hallelujah. I don't want to be dried up. I don't want to be withered. I, 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 I don't want to miss my blessing, the promises that he's given me. I, I want the love. I want the joy. I want the peace. I want the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. I want that in my life. I want God's attributes, his character to be displayed to me. I know this is not a popular message, but this is the word. This is when we get down to the nitty-gritty. This is this is where the, can the real Christian stand up? This is where the rubber meets the road. I want to remain in him. I want to stay connected to him. Hallelujah. Thank you for your honesty, brothers and sisters, who are standing today. And I'm here to say that God wants to bless you. 
He wants to give you the, the grace, the strength. He wants to give you the power that's needed today. It's available to each and every one of you. You just simply have to receive it by faith this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to lift your right hand up to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, as we have our hands lifted up before you, God, the right hand was a sign, Father God, of power, of authority. It was a, a, a hand of mission, of purpose. It was a placement. Oh, God, we talked about the right hand. Father, we give our place of authority, our place of power, our, our, our place of doing our own thing unto you today, God. We give our lives to you. We want to remain in you. We want to recommit ourselves to you. We want to give our lives afresh to you, God. And we're asking you today to forgive us, oh God. As we learned about repentance, we repent, oh God, for our attitude, for the things that we have done that have not been pleasing in your sight. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for our mistakes, God. Forgive us for the things that we've said or we've done that have not been pleasing in your sight. But we're in, the, we're, we're, we're in this place of grace, oh God, today so that we can receive the forgiveness, but we can receive the strength to live life the way you've taught us to live it. So, Father, I'm praying for each and every soul that's standing today, and I'm praying that you will bless them, that you will strengthen them, that the fruit of the Spirit will remain in their hearts and be produced out of their lives, out of their character. I'm praying that they will remain steadfast in your word, that they will remain in Christian fellowship, that they will remain in consistent prayer, that they will remain amazed by your creation, and that they will remain in faithful service, God. I'm praying today, Lord God, that you would bless them, Lord God. Your word says that you are the vine and we are the branches. And if we remain in, in you, Father God, we will bear much fruit. That means our life will be fruitful. And people will come and eat of our fruit and be blessed by our life. You said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need you. We can't do nothing without you, God. And so, Lord, we thank you for that willingness today, but it causes us to trust you even more. So, Father, we bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Living a life as a Christian is not an easy life. It's not. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and make it sound like it's beautiful. It's not always pretty. But the Bible says he does take, give us beautiful actions. He does make all things beautiful in its time. And you might be going through a, a harsh time now, a troubling time today, but I'm here to encourage you to say, keep your chin up. Keep your head up. You're not in this thing by yourself. If you remain in God, he will remain in you today. So I'm here to encourage you to let you know, continue to remain. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you receive that word? Amen.